Life Her Podcast. Her is me, her is you. Her is us, her is she, her is we. United we stand, baby, that her for keeps. I'm coming and I demand my space. I know it's free. I owe myself the world. They tried to count me out. I've been down some dark roads. They tried to pound me out. From cloudy to sunny, ain't think that I would make it out. I needed positive emotions to fill me out. Hey ladies, I am your host, Yvette Lloyd, and I would like to welcome Benoush. Hey Benoush, how are you? Hi Yvette, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, I am so excited about this interview because I read some amazing things about you and you are a true walking testimony for sure. <laughs> Thank you. I think we all are at this point right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's for sure. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am, my name is Sanush. You got that part. I'm right here in California and I am celebrating um, something that's been just so, so, so exciting for me. I've been working on it for years and um, today, right here and right now, you are the kickoff, actually, my very first interview for um, my book tour. I have been working on my book for over 10 years and it finally happened and I'm in just absolute celebration mode and I'm so excited today you're getting me on my happiest <laughs> yes such a celebration today yeah that is really good I'm happy for you and you know it's okay and and it's good that you shared the fact that after 10 years and a lot of people think everything is supposed to happen overnight and things happen transpire over our lives you know for so oh, long accomplish something and then once you get there it's like can't nobody tell you nothing <laughs> <laughs> overnight sensations never happen overnight that's for sure mm -mm, it sure don't so how how's everything going so far as far as you doing your promotions and everything for your book yeah, let me well let me tell you. <laughs> it's been absolutely insane. It has been a roller coaster and I'm just riding it. I'm so I'm I'm so open to everything and I'm showing up every day. Basically, so my book um just got released two weeks ago. It's called Hold On While I Hang On. And Hold On While I Hang On is a memoir about um, basically the middle decade of my life, which was um, really fighting to stay alive. So I have been diagnosed two times with a really rare blood disorder that they basically told me the only way I was going to survive is to have a bone marrow transplant. So I was sent to the hospital. They emptied out my immune system with high-dose chemotherapy, and they introduced a brand-new immune system, my brother's bone marrow, into my body. And it was super dangerous because at any point, the bone, his bone marrow could have realized it was in a foreign place and started attacking my you know, organs, and it would have been done. And during that process, I was in isolation in the hospital. I wasn't allowed to leave the room. People weren't allowed to come in. And so it's, it's getting a little too real with her. Right now, we're in isolation. We can't go left. We can't go right. It's kind of crazy. But um, so the book highlights, you know, what I went through. And then after that, three, four, five other events basically kept happening that were, that were challenging me. And the, the point of the book is to highlight that 
we can overcome our challenges with the the strongest tool that we have and that's with our mind right we have our our mindset the power of our mind and how we choose to see things and how we can um win over everything that's happening so and you were telling me that your podcast is dedicated to your mom um yes. your hero and my book is dedicated to my mom who was my you know when i went um through my everything that i went through right when something happens what do you do you as a child something happened you look to your mom right you're like what's, yes. what's the answer? what's happening what's going on right that that woman power that and um and i don't know if you guys will show the cover of my book the cover of my book is a lioness Yes. And so this lioness will take care of her pride and she will handle her, you know, her tribe and her pride. And this book is, you know, completely, um, like you said, a testament to that. <laughs> right. Wow. That is amazing. I'm like extremely proud of you. Just even just stepping out on faith and your book cover is amazing. It speaks a lot of volume. It's a peaceful book cover, too. It is. It actually, and I'm glad that it came across, across to you as that there's a lot of, there was a lot of spirituality in my healing um, through the process. So you'll see like an orb and a third eye. And we really um, had to, when you're in the middle of something so dangerous and so scary, you have to release the fear, let that go and just trust, right? So you have to be, you, you enter into a place of spirituality and just and trust and faith that everything is going to be okay um and i'm saying i and you i had a tribe of women around me that would not let me fall you know they were they were there for me and so this book was just i thought oh yeah you write a book no problem you write it you get it published i mean i'm for two years got rejection after rejection from publishers about the book. They were like, no, no, no. And so, and did I, did I take that? No, I mean, yeah, it, it did affect me, but at no point was I saying that, no, okay, fine. I can't get this message out, you know, and finally I arrived at my publisher and we pub, you know, we set the date to publish the book. And then this whole coronavirus thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for every for everybody. <laughs> yes. Well, one thing that has become common is virtual conversations, and a lot of people really just tuning into family and healing and making them feel good about themselves. So during a pandemic moment, we are experiencing different challenges of knowing who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this has been, um, and I, and I post this and sometimes it's hard for people to hear, but there, there has been so many blessings in the middle of this chaos that if we slow down and actually pay attention to it, you know, I had this whole book tour plan. I was going to go in bookstores and organizations and companies in person and all that got canceled. And then, you know, as a woman, what do we do? We're resourceful. We're smart. We can handle it. We can make it happen. So I'm thinking, okay, every you know these beautiful women who have podcasts now i can do an online book tour and you are the kickoff you're the very first person that i'm speaking to in a series of yeah um you know long visits and we can yeah i mean we can always where there's a will there's a way we can always yes. make it happen and i think that that's we're seeing that if you really want something and you put your mind in the right place and release that fear you can make anything happen 
Wow. So question to you, with you having this um, life-threatening blood disorder, um, what when did you discover something wasn't right with your body? Like, how, how did you know something wasn't was wrong? So I was diagnosed twice. Thank you. That's a great question. The first time I was diagnosed was at the age of 12. Um, and so my mom, right, the lioness, was the one who noticed. So I was tired all the time. I was finding bruises, just huge bruises all over my body. Um, I was getting nosebleeds, just like the immune system, just the essential cells that were needing to keep, to keep me, you know, um, healthy were just not working. And so after a few signs, she took me to the doctor. They did a blood test and it was, it was very clear. And then the second time um, I started seeing those symptoms again and I tried to ignore them because I was, I'm not in the mood. I wasn't in the mood to, to go through that again. And I was just ignoring them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's once you become, you know, as women, we're very in tune with our bodies. We know, we know exactly when there's something. And how old were you then? The first time I was 12, the second time I was 19. 19. Wow. Yeah, and I was, and I immediately, you know, as a 19 year old, I was a, I was a Mac makeup artist. I was working at the makeup counter. I was in college. I had all my friends. I was going out. I was partying. I had, I mean, I, you know, at 19, you're living the life. Like I had a life. And then as soon as I got diagnosed within a week, everything was ripped from me. I had to drop out of school. I had to quit my job. My friends were freaking out. They didn't know what was going on. They just heard the, that I was possibly going to die. Um, they pulled away, you know, my boyfriend pulled away. It was just, it was shattering. It was shattering to, um, to go through all that at one time. Wow. So what, what type of, um, symptoms did you feel at first? Cause sometimes people, you know, they experience different symptoms for the first time of them feeling that. Yeah, so I think that the biggest one that I noticed was that I was just, because I didn't have any, um, so red blood cells, which is your oxygen, your hemoglobin, it gives you energy. So I was just exhausted. I mean, I'd walk to get up to go to the bathroom. I was out of breath. I was exhausted. I didn't have, you know, there's regular just being tired on a Sunday afternoon. And then there's just, I physically can't do something. And then on top of that, just my body was covered in bruises. I didn't have platelets, which help, you know, if you, if you cut the platelets, go to the surface and, and stop the bleeding. But I didn't have that. So I could, I could take my finger and just lightly touch my arm and it would bruise. And I would like, just for fun, I would write my initials in my arm with bruises. I mean, it was insane. It was so, it was so evident and so clear that um, I had to go in and you do, you know, they, they did a blood test. And then after that, the series of testing begins and then it's just the ride, the ride starts. And it's really like when you, when you go through illness, as soon as it's figured out, it just suddenly becomes you're just a passenger. It just, people start now, doctors are poking you and prodding you and you have to do this treatment and you have to do that treatment. And I felt so out of control, but it was so, again, why I always bring it back to mindset because the only thing that I could control in that situation was where my mind was because repeatedly they told me, you're not gonna, um, you can die. There's a high possibility you're gonna die. This transplant is extremely risky. And even if you survive, the chemotherapy is so strong that you're not gonna be able to have babies. And you know, and so it's just like back to back to back, you're not gonna do this, you can't do this, you're not gonna do this. Negative things first. 
<laughs> they always, and it's like, and so that's where it's our choice, right? We as, right. as women, as people, it's our choice. Am I going to listen to what you're saying? Am I going to believe? Am I now going to become that statistic? Because legally they have to, they have to tell you the statistics. The doctors have to tell you what's going to happen. I get it. But you know what I mean? And, but instead of saying like, oh, well, there's a, there's a, 75% chance you're going to die. Well, like, oh, there's 25% chance you're going to do great, right? So there's, it's just all in the delivery and it's also in how we process it. So they told me I wasn't going to ever get pregnant. They told me I couldn't have babies and now I have two beautiful babies, healthy oh. and well. So I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you will not um, take that away from me. So even if I were, wasn't able to naturally have them, I was, I could have adopted. So one way or another, I was going to become a mother and no, no, you know, no delivery of that. No, doctor is going to tell me otherwise so it was my mindset it really it helped me and it was and I got that from my mom and the women around me and it's so important who you surround yourself with they are the ones that give you the tools or they just they drown you and and they and they poison you with you know the toxic words and mind frame yeah yeah and even sometimes the medication for you to get it all out of your system too after your body endures so much, it's like you have to get it back to normal, just automatically organic and healthy for you to make way. And I mean, look, you uh, you had two blessings. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it was very empowering. I think, you know, some people look at illness as a, um, as a weakness, like, oh, poor thing, you got sick. It was actually really empowering to see how much I had control over my body and how much I could do for myself. You know, I never wanted anybody to look, anyone who felt sorry for me. You know, my mom was kind of like my, um, my barrier, right? So my, 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 she was the, the shield around me. If anyone came and was like, oh, if they were giving me sympathy, they said, she said, you have to turn around. You have to leave. Nobody, we don't, nobody's feeling sorry for her right now. She's strong and she's going to do this. And I felt very empowered that like, I could make a choice. Like you said, what foods I'm going to put in my body, what thoughts I'm going to put in my mind. What am I going to let happen here? You know, and you're your strongest when you're sick because that's the one you really have to fight, right? That's when you pull out all the guns and you show your power right then and there. Wow. And that that's amazing um, that you have this positive mindset, especially having the village of people that were there supporting you throughout this whole, you know, this whole tragic of you dealing with this bone marrow transplant and them telling you all of these negative things. And this even goes for our everyday life with people saying negative things to us and we're, we're making it define us. So you are a testimony itself by you not letting something define you and someone tell you and predict to you how your life is going to end up and how it's going to be. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I that's the big thing that I talk about um, in my teachings and I talk about vitamin F. I think that, you know, it's, it's a very critical supplement to take vitamin F, vitamin F as in friends and family and really who you, you know, get a high dose of friends and family and vitamin F and surround yourself with really strong people because you are a product of who you surround yourself with. So be careful who you're doing it and choose wisely. And luckily I was just surrounded by strong, powerful women that had their mind in the right, right place. And like I said, would never let me fall. Wow. 
So tell me a little bit more about you being a um a social entrepreneur, public speaker, certified coach. Tell me the different things that you have been doing even before your book came out for you to touch so many lives. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, th this, in my book, I say that this actually, this, this illness, all these things that happened to me was a, was a blessing and people think that's crazy to say. Some people think it's crazy to say, but I was on such a different life path before all this happened to me. I mean, I wanted to be like, I mean, just a totally different life path. And, and this really brought my true meaning and my true purpose. And so when I was in the hospital and I was having my bone marrow transplant, I thought whoever needs to have a bone marrow transplant, well, they just like call up their brother because my brother was my match and they would just find a match. But I saw that, no, there's a lot of people who are in the hospital right now waiting to have bone marrow transplants but they don't have matches and so they can't have it. And so they're either passing away or they're, I mean, I don't know, they're running out of options. And so I told myself if I, you know, when I get out of here and I'm healed from this, I'm going to educate, I'm going to bring awareness to the lack of donors on the registry and get people to join the registry. And so I started a nonprofit organization and that's what we do. We educate the community about how easy it is to join the bone marrow registry, how easy it is to donate bone marrow. So the only reason that I am alive today and talking to you is because my brother donated his bone marrow to me. And so there, and I say this all the time that people spend all this money, they don't, they raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for a cure for cancer Wednesday, when the cure is right there in their, in their blood, in their bone, in their bones, in their veins, right? So you can save someone, you join the registry, and you donate your bone marrow and now you have literally saved somebody's life. So it's, it's just such a beautiful um, experience to be able to share that and to, I, we've added so many people to the, to the registry and made matches for patients in need. Um, and so I just basically turned my attention to serving, you know, when, when your life is tested, you have to reflect and see, well, why, why am I here? Right? What, what is the point of all this? And I found out that it it was to serve, you know, I'm here to serve. And so I do it through my nonprofit and I started sharing my story with um, support right when I got out of the hospital, not right away, but after the, my sickness, it was talking to patients and then I was talking to families and then I was talking to nurses and doctors and I was being invited left and right to different organizations and companies to share my story. Um, and then I realized that, you know, I can do it in an organized fashion if I put it all in one book and and it's connecting me with people. And then I became a certified life coach um, to really organize how I'm going to share my message. And that's what I do. I support people and we um, work with people to see where they are in life, you know, where their mind, where they're struggling with their mindset and then kind of decode it. Um, and my husband, who's a tech guy, says, you do mind hacking. You basically figure out what they're doing with their, you know, with their thought process and you hack into it, clean it up, and we get everyone's mind right to be able to get through what they need to get through. And sometimes it's small, like a, a work project or a relationship issue, and sometimes it's huge, like a health, you know, health problems. But it's just really empowering people that they, you do, each person out there individually does have the power to create the change that they need it's not an outside job like you can do it you know and so i'm doing my best to share that so how do you deal with um skeptics of energy healing yeah so in my book you'll see that i um the first time that i got diagnosed they 
bone marrow transplant were, I was, it was 1996. It was just terrifying back then. It was, there was a very low um, success rate. And so I had to turn to something and my mom, you know, had to find a way to uh, help me. It was pretty much at the end and we didn't have very many options. Um, and so I did, I worked with an energy healer and I laughed through the whole thing because I thought it was hilarious. And what do I say to the skeptics? Because I was a skeptic. I thought it was hilarious that there, there was someone was going to try to heal me with their energy when, you know, these major hospitals were, you know, were having trouble doing that. But, um, just like in anything that I say, like you, unless you try it, you can't say, you can't speak to it. You just can't. You can't say, I say this to my kids every day. You have not, you have not tried broccoli. You cannot tell me you don't like it, <laughs> right? Or anything, if you haven't tried it, if you haven't been open to something, you can't speak to it. And I, and I, and I was front and center saying, no, there's no way this is going to work. And then I tried it and there was clinical scientific proof that it was working. So, um, you know, just in anything, in anything in life, being open and, and ready to receive can really, really um, surprise us and show up for us. So can you elaborate more on how, what your mom's role played as far as taking care of you during that time? Because a lot of people, you know, me, I lost my mom or some people may not have relationships with their moms, just anything. It's just a fact of it could give someone insight on the things that can be done as a mother. Right. Yeah. So her role was um, first and foremost, my mother, and then she stepped into the role of caregiver. Right. So she was stepping into a new role and I was stepping into the role of patient. We were both getting into this new place. So had it been my mother or my father or my brother or whoever, so anyone can be a caregiver. And I think this book also speaks to caregivers because um, sometimes when you're when you're outside of the situation, when you're looking in at a sick person, to me, I felt like my mom went through more pain than I did because when I was going through chemo and I was going through so much pain, they would just inject me with medication and I was out, right? I didn't feel the pain. I was asleep. But she's looking at me from the outside, this bald little, her little bald baby on the bed, you know, on the hospital bed, not being a 19 year old, she should be out with her friends doing this, doing that. And so I feel like for the caregiver, the pain is almost magnified. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So she, we both entered, you know, we, we had this kind of thing in common that we were both entering a new place together. She was now a caregiver. I was now a patient and, um, and we were going to do it and we were going to do it right. And so she, she was, she was, like I said, my bear, she was the, the shield, right? So as the doctors gave negative, um, the, the prognosis and everything, everything that they had to say, she shielded me from that. Anyone from the community that was saying, oh, God, she's going to die. You know, what do we do? How do we cope with it? She shielded me from that. And she just gave me the strength that I needed as her child um, to keep going. And I, where she got that strength from is, is honestly a miracle because everyone was looking to her. You know, like I said, the women, the moms are, moms are no joke. Moms are, they wear many, many hats. And um, until the day that I gave birth to my daughter, I didn't, I didn't know how heavy her role was, right? You, know, you think, you know, and then all of a sudden it happens and you're just absolutely blown away. Mm, wow. And that's amazing. Tell your mom, give me a high five in the air when you talk to her. <laughs> 
Six foot high five. <laughs> yes. Why are you so um grateful for your diagnosis? Cause you know, some people they they carry they carry the pain instead of just wearing it and making it something more powerful than what it is and sharing their testimony. And for you to share it with so many people and at that starting a nonprofit organization to help others due to you experiencing that. So now you are a voice. So how did it make you so grateful? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a brilliant question. And I, it's, it's, it has to do with a lot of reflecting, right? So, and I, um, I say this, but it didn't, this whole process didn't happen to me as a victim. It happened for me as a woman to find my path, right? So this now it is the most, my life is the most clear. My path is so clear in front of me as to what I'm supposed to do, who I'm supposed to serve, and why I'm even here. And I'm so grateful for that because I did spend some time, you know, in your in your younger years, you're like, well, what am I supposed to do with my life? Where is my life going? You know, it's kind of this like confused, you know, you're just there. Um, but I'm able to see throughout the day, throughout, you know, minutes and moments, the, really, the beauty in everything. And I live my life to the fullest and I appreciate I live in a place of gratitude but, um, you know, for all that I do have when you get down to when they start talking about death and you're sick in the hospital and you don't know if you'll you know be there tomorrow, you start really appreciating the things that you do have. And when you live in a place of gratitude, you can't be a negative person. You know, you can't yes. You're just blessings on blessings on blessings. So you're just buzzing and and that's where I am. That's where I choose choose to look at it, right? Because then again, like I said, it's very empowering because it's my choice. I can either say, damn, why did all this happen to me? Why am I, you know, why am I a victim? Why does this bad stuff keep happening to me? I hate this life. I don't want to live this life. Or I can say exactly what I just told you that yes, bring it on. This is this is this is now my purpose. I understand everything and I'm grateful for it. Thank you for the message. And now I will serve. Yes. Um, I love that. <laughs> I love that. So that's, that's what brings me to on, you know, how sometimes like, like prime example, me losing my mother, I, I turned my pain into power. And instead of mourning her, I, I wear her in within spirit. And I know that her energy was real high in everything, high almighty. And to the fact that I know she's still with me, but having that mindset and be able to move forward and it's just a healing process. Of course, we all have our moments, you know? Absolutely. So what is, what is something, when did you become like, why, why is mindset so important for healing? Because, you know, you had to heal and you had to regroup on a lot of things from you going through that situation. So why is this so important to you? Yeah, I and I, I got chills as you're talking about your mom and, and I can really feel the passion and how you did turn that um, that that tragedy into beauty, into healing. And I can feel the healing that's coming from you. So I really applaud you for doing that. It's it's yeah it's 
my, that in the end, that's all that we have is our is what we're working with. The thing that if we occupy our mind with negative and pain and toxic things, we now know there's science that proves the connection between mind and body. So when you stress and you you welcome sickness and pain to your body, right? There's a, there's a very clear connection. People who um, so I'm a very firm believer, and I'm going to tell you this, of, of, of attracting, right? So um, if, you, if you're if you constantly negative and thinking bad things are going to happen, then you bring bad things to you. Where you put your attention is what grows. So if you're thinking about healing and abundance and love and, and, and survive, you know, health, that's what's going to come to you. So when I was in that hospital and they presented me with that extremely, you know, terrifying statistic, that's when I sat with myself and I said, you have a choice. And it was my mom too. I'm not, I'm not, I will never take full credit at my mom too, but she very blatantly was like, this is your choice. Yes. You're either going to choose to believe them and listen to what the doctors are going to say and ultimately do exactly what they're telling you you're going to do and demise, or you're going to choose, no, I'm going to, I'm going to choose life. I'm going to choose. And it doesn't mean that those who, um, sometimes we're just in the game of life and those who, who passed away, I know extremely positive people, extremely much strong mindset people who, um, who did pass away from illness and, and their path is, is a huge question mark. And I don't have an answer to that. And it was, their loss was huge pain to me, but I know that while you're, you know, that's talking about extreme health things, but even on the day-to-day, when something happens, when we get our triggers, it's our choice how much we're going to let that affect us. You know, our relationship, are we going to let our, my husband, it's my choice if I'm going to let whatever, he smacks his food that, that gets on my nerve. I'm getting a very minimal example, but you know, if I'm going to let that affect me, if in the day-to-day, if a car cuts me off, it's my choice if I'm going to let that affect the rest of my day and get mad. It's my choice if I'm going to let someone, that when they speak and they said something, you know, it's my choice to misunderstand it and take it into a bad way and then stress myself out about it. So that puts the power in me. That's why I know and I've seen that when I did choose the positive, when I did choose to think of it the right way, I was very successful. Yes. <laughs> See, I like <laughs> I like that you you have this mindset. It's like your energy speaks for itself. You know, mm-hmm. just having that energy. But I don't know. Do you get this feeling like when you help others, it's like you helping yourself, but you love doing it? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, yes, and, yeah. and it, feels, it feels good, it, especially. It feels Yes, especially when it's coming from the heart and you really mean everything that you're doing. It's just having that that passion in it, regardless of no matter what. It's like no one can't stop us, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's 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 the beauty of living your um living your truth, actually living your truth, finding your purpose and living your truth and that that you're in love with what you do and people can feel it. And that, that's what I'm talking about, the transfer of energy that between people around you. If someone is giving love and light and they're just amazing, you're just you want to surround yourself with those type of people because just like the good opposite people can do that also you know people can be negative and have you ever just like hung out with somebody and then you leave and you're like you feel like you need to just take a deep breath or take a shower or do something because they were just so heavy and there was just so much darkness in that 
So that, that, that transfers onto you. That's why it's so important to pick and choose who you put yourself around and you yourself, you've created a network for women to just feel empowered and you're showing positivity and bringing, bringing the beautiful energy that needs to be around um, us women to support each other. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's so important. So could you tell me something that will inspire our listeners and help them heal themselves within? Yes, I can. I mean, so whoever's listening, I think that it's, um, it's safe to say that we all have our struggles, right? So as I'm talking to you, it doesn't mean that I don't have challenges in my day or in my life, right? So I'm talking about this is is a big picture. So even if you have something small, daily challenges, or if you have something huge that you're working with, um, be aware of your power to do something about it, right? And the only way that you're gonna be able to start doing to put yourself in a position of movement, which is going into solution mode, is to accept your current situation, accept your current situation. So instead of fighting it, resisting it, denying it, as soon as you can wrap your mind into accepting where you are, you can, you're now, your mind becomes clear of that resistance and you're able to go into solution mode. And I think that was the biggest thing that healed me, big things and small things, especially with this whole, you know, my book, my book came out in the middle of this whole COVID-19, suddenly there's delays in shipment, right? And Amazon used to be able to order something and you'd get it tomorrow. And my book, people are like, oh my gosh, 10 days, I have to wait. (laughs) Suddenly we forgot that we used to have to wait 10 days for things. But, and I, and I, and I, and I, for half a second said, why, oh my God, I've been working on this book for so long. How can this be happening? And I said, you know what? I need to accept it. No matter how much I cry and whine or whatever I do, COVID-19 is happening. It's here. So accept it. And now as soon as I accepted it and my, and I was, and I released myself from the stress of that, I was able to move into creative mode. Okay, no what? So now people wait 10 days for their book. Who cares? Now I go on a digital book tour instead of a real life book tour. That's fantastic, right? So now you can go into solution. So um, allow yourself whatever you're going through and really be with it and accept it as it is. And then you can move on. Wow. That was really powerful. Ladies, I hope you're listening. <laughs> yes, and I have. Um, you go. I'll, I think you guys will provide the website. I do a lot of free um, videos, and I do workshops and seminars, and I pr- provide a lot of free content and coaching. I'm a mindset coach, right? So I can, like I said, I can hack the mind into what it's doing and get it into um, get it into solution mode and really help you get to where you need to go. Um, so the, the book tells my story and then my site will tell you, you know, the book tells you what I went through my site and all the information that I provide tells you how I, how I went through it. So how, what tools I use to get through it. And I'm available. Like I said, my life is now dedicated to serving. So anyone who has questions or, um, anything, I have workshops coming up online, obviously can't do it in person, but if you, if you have a goal that you want to work through, just let me know. I'm here for you. Yes. So how can our listeners get in touch with you? So my website, and I know my name's a little bit long, so hopefully you guys will have a place to post it for them, um, benushbabzani.com. And I'm on Instagram every single day, posting content and showing love at uh, my Instagram handle is benushbabzani. 
and uh, you can hear my story at, uh, you can purchase my book anywhere if you want to get it fast. Right now, Amazon is the fastest, so you can purchase it. Uh, the book is called Hold On While I Hang On by Benush Babzani. And um, there's many, many, you know, other outlets. It's not a common name, so you just put in Benush Babzani in your search engine and I will pop up happily for you. You said Benush by who? Benush Babzani. Okay. Okay. That's make sure they heard that correctly too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you'll be able to write it somewhere in the, in the text for them. because it's a little... Yes. I'm going to have it in there. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you for taking time out your day, especially having like her podcast promote your book for the first time. For the first time, my first stop, I will always, always remember this day, this moment, this conversation. And I really appreciate everything that you do, Yvette. I really loved, loved every moment of it. Thank you. I'm definitely going to keep in touch. Okay. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Life Her Podcast, where we help heal women all over the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Life Her Podcast, and check out our YouTube page as well. And make sure you subscribe. You can also look onto our website and you can purchase merchandise and listen to the podcast episodes. I am Yvette Lloyd. I am Life Her. Love yourself, ladies. Take care of yourself and others you love dearly.